Hello and welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast. My name is Tracy Debbie and uh, well, I just said Tracy Debbie. I didn't say Dr. Tracy Debbie. Look at that. Times are a changing. That summer solstice was freaking powerful. <laughs> maybe I'm kidding. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. That's never happened before. So um, I guess we're going to go into the unknown together. I um, That's really interesting. I'll have to journal about that later. But uh I am really grateful to be here today, like really grateful. I know I say I'm grateful, but I am especially grateful to be here with you um, today. And I'm going to explain why I am saying that. But I just wanted to take a moment and just encourage you, um, if there's anything you feel gratitude for, to just take a moment with me right now and just feel into what you are grateful for in this moment. Um, that helps you come back to the present moment and gratitude feels really good, (laughs) really good. (laughs) The reason why I'm saying this, let me just get to it, is um, I came back to uh, my hometown um, where my stuff has been in storage for a year since I've just been traveling for the past year and I wanted to pack it all up because I know deep down in my soul I'm supposed to like live on the West Coast. I'm a West Coast person through and through. Um, I get mistaken for that all the time. Even when I was in the US, even in Hawaii, people just assumed I was from Hawaii. It was crazy. Um, Even my friend was like, that's so weird. Everybody just assumes you live here. I'm like, I don't know. But the truth is, I do know. Um, Because I feel very like I'm supposed to be on the West Coast. So, um, I want to live my best life and my happiest life. And I decided to move there um, for the time being. I don't know if I'm going to be staying in British Columbia, but I'm definitely going to be moving to the West Coast. So it just made sense to me. So I decided to come back to Ontario for like a month and um, really just pack up my stuff and, um, and just ship it. And I thought that was going to be the most difficult uh, challenge I would have to face is kind of really just, collecting all of my things and you know donating starting to give away and let go and release things uh physical things that were no longer serving me um that's what I thought you know uh would be the most challenging thing just making decisions on things especially because there's things I've just held on to for a very long time so um again that's what I thought would be the most difficult thing and I didn't really realize it but I sort of walked into um to some um, old uh, habits and patterns um, that were um, in my family. And so I got very emotionally triggered and sort of re-traumatized, if I'm being honest. Um, And it totally caught me off guard in some ways. And then I totally saw it coming in other ways. And if you've dealt with family things, maybe you can relate to what I'm saying. Maybe you can't, but I have this feeling that I'm not alone. Mine might look a certain way, but um, I think you know what I'm talking about. So I just, um, it really took me like for a spin. Like I kind of felt like I was in like a, you know, a spin cycle in the washing machine because I, um, it activated some, some core wounding in me. And to be honest with you, I thought that I dealt with this. (laughs) I hate to be that person, but I'm literally that person in this moment because I was like, wow, I thought, I had dealt with this and I had done so much work on myself and 
like really worked hard on these particular issues, especially around codependency. And all of a sudden in literally, you know, two minutes, I feel like I'm 12 years old again and I am super emotionally triggered. And I was really scared because I was having feelings and emotions that um, I haven't experienced in a very long time. Like since I was super like, you know, depressed, that kind of phase of my life. So it scared me that all of a sudden I could feel these, you know, super depressed feelings and thoughts again because I had put that part of my life behind me. But I want to share with you some really important things that I learned um, during this experience. So first off, your environment is so freaking important um, to pay attention to. And then um, depending on what phase of healing you're in. So when I was really on, uh, really early on in my phase of healing, the environment was sacred to me. I needed to have a space where I could feel safe to open up and explore. And that wasn't the environment that I was living in. So I had to make some changes. So I wanted to just point that out that um, I think it, it often gets overlooked. If you have a, um, a toxic partner or your relationship is just not feeling aligned or you're living with someone who you don't want to live um, in or there's mold in your house or there's so many different things or if your house isn't um, kept um, up kept in a certain way if it's not clean and it's not this is not a judgment but all of that affects you and your growth especially the other people and um, that's something that I want people to consider because you can be doing all the right things but if the environment is not supportive, um, you may find challenges in moving to that next energetic level. So I just wanted to point that out. Now, I'm at the phase of growth where I have to overcome my environment um, because I've had a certain amount of growth. And now my next challenge and my next phase of growth is to overcome my environment. Now, this is um, something I have not done in this particular in environment. This is probably the environment that triggers me the most, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't think that there's something more activating than um, uh, kind of addictive habitual behavior and um, in the same environment that I grew up in. Um, That is the thing that probably triggers me more than anything else. And so I'm literally in the eye of the storm for lack of a better term. And not only am I in the eye of the storm, I feel like I just fell down many rungs on a ladder, if that makes sense, and kind of hit my butt. And so I'm not feeling really good. And it scared me. I'm not going to lie to you. It really scared me. And for a few hours there, I was like really stuck. And then something shifted in me. And all of a sudden, All of this information that I had, I had access to. And I want you, there's many things I want to say in this episode. This might end up being two episodes. I think the first thing I'm going to say is that I I have meditated every day since February 1st. And I have not missed a day. I have not. I have done two a day or more most of that time, Um, but I have not skipped a day ever. 
ever, ever, ever. And um, that's actually not the greatest thing to say because I was supposed to not meditate before doing some um, research studies. But anyway, I didn't know that. So I, st- I just meditated anyway. Um, and so I'm sharing that with you because when you have a practice that you're committed to, that you will stick with no matter how bored you get, it was my anchor. It was my me showing me self-love. It was what helped me through this because even though even though I felt like I had fallen down rungs on a ladder, I in reality, I didn't because I was experiencing uh, a traumatic event, but from a different state of being. Um, but I did react. So the difference was I reacted and I caught my reaction. I didn't react and then spiral like I normally would. I reacted. I forgave myself, loved loved on myself, and then realized that my body was actually craving the meditation. And my body reminded me that it's time to meditate, which is so interesting because if you know about trauma or if you know about um, healing and the science behind it, we really condition our bodies to be our minds. And when we have um, really stressful emotions, over time, we literally condition our body in those um, in those emotions. And so our body becomes our mind. And so um, it's very difficult to, to change. And so this was feedback to me that I have made a significant amount of change to the point where my body is literally cueing me to, to do the thing that has anchored me since February when I have made probably the most profound shifts in my life consciously that I've made in, um, ever. (laughs) So, um, the really interesting thing too, is that there is a book I think called the one thing, but I was reading a bunch of research studies that had been showing that if you focus on doing one thing and do it really, really well, so much so that it becomes a skill or a habit it actually increases your likelihood of adopting other positive habits without much effort. And so you don't have to think about eating well, working out, you know, doing personal growth or whatever that looks like for you. Just focus on the one that feels most resonant for you. So not everybody feels like meditation is going to work for them or help them. Actually, I was one of those people if you asked me in January, like, hey, do you meditate? Do you like meditation? Are you a meditator? I would have been like, what? No. I do I do other things. I do breath work, but I don't meditate. Um, and then obviously shit happened in February. And here I am like meditating and um, really struggling at first, but for some reason sticking with it and really enjoying it to the point where now I need to do it every day. Um because I, I just like it and I like the way I feel. I like the changes that I'm seeing and there's no reason why I wouldn't do it. Why would you stop if something's working and you're sure that what you're doing is working, you know, why would you stop? So meditation is huge, but also doing one thing as an anchor event for you. So for some people that's working out. So they're working out is like their meditation and then they want to feel stronger at the gym. And so you notice over time what food helps you feel stronger and then you just eat those foods and then you're more likely to have more time and more energy where you want to do things like read, et cetera, et cetera. 
So focus on whatever that one thing is for you and just commit to it and do it and stick to it. Because ultimately, that is, um, it, it in some ways is very healing. So I've talked about the child mind and the adult mind. And the child mind is the, is the very emotional part of our brain. And that part of our brain is looking for leadership. It's actually looking for parenting, if I'm being honest. So if you can um, be disciplined with something, one thing, um, and do it from a place of wholeness, um, do it from a place of um, of love. So it's not like, oh my God, I have to meditate every day or, or I'm a bad person. It's not like that for me. It's it's coming from this space of wholeness, from growth and from self-love. I sit there every day with my body and I recondition my body to my new level of mind every single day. It's really an act of love for me. And so if I don't do it at the same time every day, I'm not, I'm not hard on myself for it. I just make sure it gets done that day. And so there's an understanding when I set this activity that it's not like there's no rigid rules other than just do it every day. And uh, my life has been different. I've been on planes. I'm traveling around. I'm in different time zones. And there hasn't been a drop off in terms of my energy. Obviously, this was the first major kind of thing I had to work through. But people were surprised. You just, you know, got here and you're just starting and you're just moving. And I am going to my storage locker, which is an hour away. I'm rearranging items. I'm packing. I'm unpacking. I'm I'm condensing, I'm selling, I'm thrifting, I'm, I'm, I'm giving away, I'm doing all these things. And when you have that much energy of all of your old belongings around you, it can be challenging. And there's lots of dis- decisions to make, which used to also hold me back. And now I'm doing all of that. And then the universe, you know, puts this in my path. And so that would have taken me out. I would have been out for the freaking count. Um, and I wanted to call this episode healing doesn't have to take long. I'm not denying trauma. Believe you me. I'm not denying it. I have been through my fair share, but I think we talk about trauma a lot. And something that Dr. Joe mentioned at the event is, um, trauma is not necessarily what happened to you. We're not denying, I'm not denying what happened to, to me or anybody, but it's your response to that event that determines what's trauma or not. So if you are holding on to old memories of something that happened to you via the old emotion that you're not able to process or let go of, which is attached to a memory, so you'll have a visual to go with that. If you are holding on to that, not only does that take energy, but the reason why it takes energy is because on some level you are re-traumatizing yourself by exposing yourself to that memory and thought. So on a physiological level, you are firing and wiring that um, neuronal connection for that pattern. And you are literally re-traumatizing yourself um, to whatever happened to you. So it's not like you experienced it once. You've experienced it on a physiological level multiple times. So that's how that can work against you. Now, I want to talk how that can work in your favor at the same time, because this exact same thing that I'm telling you about is what I use to help me move through um, the really traumatic process that I was exposed to kind of out of the blue. Again, uh, when people show you who who they are, have to believe them. So in some ways, not surprising. So like I said, 
you can use that process in a different way. So let me just explain it in a very basic level. Your brain doesn't know if something is real or imagined. It doesn't know the difference. Why is that important? Because you can recreate an old experience from your past and keep it alive via the emotion and um, thought that goes with it or the emotion and visual image that goes with it. And the more you re-experience that just by thinking about it, the more you're re-traumatizing yourself to that experience. So again, it, it didn't just happen once on a physiological level, it's happened many times. Now, the opposite, opposite of that is true. You can literally create a whole new experience in your head by having new visuals and having a new feeling experience and just having that same thought pattern over and over again and you and you fire and wire a new pattern and that actually strengthens over time and you weaken the old pattern and then eventually it it just goes away and there's a whole physiological process about that called pruning where you prune it away kind of like you prune plants you prune that away you starve it of energy you you starve it of your attention and it prunes away. That's your your body's always pruning things, which is why you can go to an event and be like rah rah rah. You know, I won't give names, but may, maybe Tony Robbins rah 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 back in the day, and then you go home and like nothing happens. You're not attending to that new information that you have, and your brain doesn't think it's important. Prune prune prune, and it's gone. And you have you basically don't remember anything from from that event unless somebody prompts you. So anyway, you can use this this uh, principle to help you. And so I had this really transformative experience at the Dr. Joe event. And I just want to share it with you because I was in gamma brainwave and gamma brainwaves are basically super consciousness. It's a very, very, very fast frequency. I wasn't only in gamma, I was in coherent gamma. Now on some level, I knew that because super consciousness is a really interesting phenomenon. Um, I hope that you experience that in this lifetime. It is so interesting because you are aware of everything that is going on. You are in the present moment, but the present moment feels like one very long moment. And you are so aware of everything and you have a choice. And let me explain. So I was having a profound mystical experience. I've talked about it before, but I was having a really profound mystical experience experience that was very healing and um, again at this point I didn't even know if I was meditating correctly or what but um, being in this room with my um, with my head being connected to an EEG I didn't really know if that was going to bother me or what was going to happen turns out it didn't bother me and like I said I was having a profound mystical experience it's like the 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 timing was divine you know and I won't go into details about what happened, but it was very healing for me on, um, I feel like multiple dimensional like levels. It was very healing for me. And it was very personal, very, very personal, which is why I don't want to share all of it. But um, it was very personal and it was very healing. And at the end of this particular meditation, I was experiencing what I would only, I can only talk about as literal bliss. It was bliss, it was ecstasy, it was like I've never experienced before. 
like ever like you don't you don't really ever want to leave that and what was really interesting is somebody started laughing um in their meditation I believe that it was a part of their like process and then that triggered other people laughing and then literally the whole room of 1400 and um 1400 I think 50 people or whatever um were were in that room and 1449 of them were laughing and the room was filled with so much joy and normally if you're in a room full of people laughing you're going to want to laugh too and I thought the same thing but I was in bliss. I was in ecstasy and you could not move me from that. I, my body was like, I didn't even have a body. My body was like slumped over and I was like such in bliss and such an ecstasy. I could see other people enjoy, but I was like, this is so good here. I'm not going to leave. And what's interesting is my um, EEG showed that I didn't leave. So I knew that in my heart, I didn't leave. But the EEG scan literally showed me not leaving. And they were watching very closely because they were wondering what is going to happen because that doesn't happen very often where the whole room is laughing. So the energy changed in the room. So they were very curious, you know, what is going to happen to her for those those three people who were watching me. And they told me afterwards I did not change and change my state at all. I stayed exactly where I was, which was interesting Now, why I'm telling you about this is because I was firing and wiring new patterns so quickly in such a high rate of frequency and vibration that it was, I was basically recreating my life. I was um, firing and wiring new patterns so rapidly that I created this new long-term memory and other memories about who I was, who I were. (laughs) who I was, oh my God, there you go, that's to show you, I don't even know, just went away. And parts of my past that had a hold on me just disappeared. And I started to find it easier to move forward in my life. Now, I'm sharing that experience with you because when I was in this really traumatic, unexpected event, I all of a sudden knew that my brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. I'm just being triggered So I'm going to the past, but I can just as easily create a new future. So what I did is I really recreate, I thought about how I wanted to feel and I felt those emotions and I just fired and wired these new patterns over and over and over and over and over again, because I, as a kid, I felt helpless when this used to happen. And this time I was not a kid. I was very much an adult and I knew I could do things differently. I could also get up and leave. And I had all these options. But what felt good for me was using this experience to overcome my environment and learn a very important lesson that I could take for my whole lifetime. So what I wanted to share with you today is this little nugget. Your brain does not know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. It does not know because as I started to feel the emotions I wanted to feel, my body thinks I'm feeling that way already. And so as I change how I feel, my environment changed pretty dramatically, actually, and things um, started to shift. And they're already, they've shifted already, and they're going to continue to shift. Um, Because I'm very clear and confident about um, how I feel and what my standards are around what I'm going to allow myself to be around. So 
another reflection that I took from this experience is to get really clear on boundaries and maybe setting new boundaries. And that's something that I'm going to be doing as well. But this was really important. I really want to share with you that I hadn't been meditating all that long before the the Dr. Joe event. And um, I had this really profound experience that completely shifted my timeline. And, you know, it took years and years and years and years and years to acquire the traumas that I acquired. And then, you know, having that profound healing in only a few months of time is to me um, pretty miraculous and pretty amazing. And so I just wanted to add my voice to the the conversation around healing doesn't have to take a very long time. Um, I don't think it's really productive to have the thought that healing takes a long time. Um, So I like to have the belief that healing doesn't take a long time and also that I'm going to acknowledge my traumas. I'm not going to bypass anything and I don't want to belittle what you've gone through um, in the process. I want to help you move forward in wholeness um, in as quickly as a time frame as possible. And that is possible. I want to share that with you as well in this episode. So if you've tuned in this far, thank you so much. It has just been, I just, I really want people and you to grasp onto these ideas and, you know, put them into practice in your own life. And if you don't know how to get started, like this is why you reach out to me. Um, let's get on a call. We can have a conversation and really help you take that first step uh, mo- moving forward. And my goal, like I said, is, is to help you save time, not make the mistakes I made. So that's the biggest thing I can help you with. I can't do the work for you, but I can provide you with as many tools as I had and keep you accountable and share with you the like little um things that make all the difference. So if this episode resonated with you, please let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts. You can Instagram me at Dr. Tracy Debbie, all one word, uh, no periods or anything. Um, You can also feel free to reach out to me on my company's website, um, which is uh, listed below, or like I mentioned earlier, um, book a clarity call with me. I would love to have a conversation with you. All right. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great rest of your week.